0: To our Good Friday service, I'm glad that uh, not only the EM are able to join us, but uh, the youth as well. And thanks, He Who, for uh, leading us into that time of a special song with the youth. Something just hits different, right? (laughs) On Good Friday, that praise. Man, uh, it's just such a blessing to be able to uh, worship with you guys this Good Friday. I'm going to go into a time of prayer, and we'll jump right into our sermon. Father, remind us today that it is Good Friday, and it's good for a reason. I pray that let it be good for us personally in our hearts. I pray, O oh God, let your word be preached Help me to faithfully preach Your Word with authority, Father. I pray fill our hearts with Your Spirit and let Your Word land on good soil. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> can anyone else? Can anyone tell me what other event? Happens today. We know that's Good Friday, but anyone know what else happens today? Don't answer that out loud. Rhetorical question. The answer is Passover. Today is actually the Passover, and it falls on the same day as Good Friday. It's the most important holiday for the Jews. It's the big one. In fact, it's so big that they centered their entire calendar around the Passover. And so today, I find it fitting that we look into the Passover today to observe and see what its significance is for us to better appreciate Good Friday. The main point of this sermon, I'm going to give it to you up front, the punchline, and it's okay. Because when we get back to it, it's still going to be real good. The main point is this. Since Jesus is the true Passover lamb, we are eternally freed from our sin, guilt, and shame. Mm. The Passover. The Passover is interesting because it's tied very closely to the 10th plague that God judged Egypt with. Some of the context here is that there are nine other plagues before this. (laughs) Water to blood, the plague of the frogs, the gnats, flies, pestilence, boils, hail and fire. I mean, you would think Pharaoh would get it by then, right? (laughs) The hail and fire thing. (laughs) Locusts and darkness. And now we are at the worst plague, the 10th one, where God will plague Egypt and kill all the firstborn of Egypt, not just the humans, but also the livestock. And Passover is closely tied to the 10th plague, Because after God tells Moses about this plague, he gives some instructions to Moses to tell the Israelites or the Jews on how they can be saved. And this one's interesting because all the other previous plagues, God said, I will protect you. But this one, the Jews had to do something to be protected. Moses tells the Jews what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to get blood of the lamb and blot their doorposts and the lintel, right? It's the crossbar on top. They are to put three spots of blood to protect themselves. Did you guys notice? What did they use to put this blood On the doorpost, they did not use their hands. They didn't use a special tool. What they used was something very interesting. Verse 22 says, they were instructed to use hyssop. Hyssop. Why hyssop? If you guys know anything about hyssop, it was specifically used for cleansing Ceremonies. And so what the Jews will be doing is they'll be grabbing this hyssop, putting it in blood, and as they're putting it on their doorpost, they are reminded that this blood is not just like it's not a random blood, but what it's doing specifically is it is cleansing their house. The blood cleanses. You already know where I'm going with this. Can it be any more obvious? You already know. The blood cleanses the house, the blood of the lamb. And so when God comes to judge Egypt, the angel of death, he strikes all the firstborn. But then when he comes to a certain house, what he sees, he will see the blood. And when he sees the blood, He will know the price has already been paid, the life of a lamb. He will pass over that house. You already know where I'm going with this. More specifically, what they were told to do with this lamb is very interesting. In fact, it's like no other sacrifice. What they were supposed to do with this lamb that they used for the blood, they were supposed to sacrifice it, but they did something interesting. They burned the whole entire lamb. Now, why is that interesting? In Scripture, that's not normal. That's not regular. If they were going to sacrifice a lamb, they would do it one of two ways. They would either do it as a burnt offering, which sounds like what it is. They get the entire animal and they burn it, and they dedicate that entire animal to God. Or they get a lamb, and they take out the fatty parts of the lamb, and they dedicate the main portion of the lamb. They're able to eat that. But the fatty parts, they dedicate that to the Lord. Never before do we see this here A sacrifice where they're supposed to burn the entire lamb. And guess what? It's for the people. The people are able to eat the entire lamb. If you read it closely, it says they're supposed to roast the head, the feet, and what? The inner parts. Those are typically reserved for God. But God says, This one, this one's for you. The entire lamb. Were supposed to be sacrificed for the people of God in order to save them. I watched, the uh, <laughs> preparing for this message, I was wondering, do Jews still celebrate the Passover in this way? So I looked on trusty YouTube and I looked up Passover <laughs> and I wanted to see how they celebrate this ceremony today, this holiday today. Uh, The way they celebrate it is very different. They don't actually kill an entire lamb. They don't do a lot of the things that they're instructed to do here. In fact, what they do is they call it cedar, and the dinner is called cedar. And what it is is that they have a plate. And on the plate, they have symbolic foods. On the plate, they actually have some lamb, and also they have some bitter herbs, as actually God instructed the Israelites to do. And they also had things like salt water and some greens and some extra symbols to remind them, right, that on the plate was supposed to be for them a story, for them to relive what happened to the Jews in Egypt. And so as they are going through the plate, they are reminded every single year of the amazing thing that God has done. They relive the suffering of the Jews when God saved them, delivered them from Egypt. But they do something very interesting, which is not in Scripture at all, but ends up becoming a tradition. What they do is after the cedar meal, right after the Passover meal, what they do is they actually go and they open the door. It's so random, right, when you, if, you, if you see that, if you don't know the significance. But the reason why they open the door is because they await Elijah. If you guys know the Old Testament prophecy, when the Messiah comes, Elijah will come to announce the Messiah. And so they open the door after the Passover, expecting to see Elijah there to announce Messiah coming back. They do this every single year. And the video I watched, it's kind of sad, but the person narrating, He was Jewish. And he says this, I've lived long enough to know that nothing's going to happen when they open the door. But he allows himself to hope every single year. When we talk about Passover and how God delivered his people, it's a comprehensive Salvation, deliverance. It's comprehensive because within the Passover, you have the 10th plague that destroys the enemy of the Jews. You also have God delivering the Jews by passing over the judgment on them as long as they have the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. And also, since it's comprehensive, not only are they saved, but they are liberated. They are liberated. They are supposed to be girded and ready to leave. The moment the plague happens, they are supposed to go and escape Egypt. It's a comprehensive salvation. The enemy is destroyed. You are saved, and you are also liberated. What saved the Jews? What saved them? It was not their ethnicity no, what it was that saved them, it was faith. Faith enough to go and put blood on their doorposts doing something seemingly crazy, but they had the faith to put the blood on their doorposts, which saved them. What saved the Jews? It was not their nationality. It was not their gender. No, it was faith and it's the exact same thing as today in order to receive salvation as the jews did we are to have faith we are not saved based on our ethnicity we are not saved based on our gender or our biological makeup no we aren't even saved by our lives (laughs) we're not even saved by our good works or accomplishments no we are simply saved because of the grace of God through faith, which is a gift. And this is the good news. This is the gospel. When I used to do ministry on campus at George Mason, uh, you know, it's amazing, actually, the opportunity. Right? Seriously, when I go to Mason The scripture that says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few just rings clear in my ears. Because guess what you have? If you don't know, Mason actually has a very big international exchange student program, which is amazing. Because you have people coming from places like China where preaching the gospel openly is illegal, but they are now coming here and they're on our turf. They are here on our turf where we can preach to them freely, letting them know about the good news of Jesus Christ. They're coming to us. The harvest is plentiful, right? They have hotels filled with international students who never heard the gospel, ever, just ready to hear it. And when we used to do ministry on campus, we brought in a lot, I mean, it must be when they, they just connect with me, right? I don't know what it is. It might just be my face. But when they see me, they feel very comfortable, Right, and I end up reaching to a lot of Chinese and Japanese students. Okay, these international students just felt comfortable. I just I want to use whatever the the, the cards are I was dealt. Okay, and I guess this one student really felt right, really felt this happening to her. I remember reaching out to her and we're doing outreach stuff, and um, she asked me a question. She asked me, uh, Sam, why, when I came to America, right, she just, she's Chinese, oh, why, why are so many Christians like bombarding me, right? Why are there so many Christians telling me about Christianity? Why, why is that? And I was like, well, <laughs> being like fresh out of seminary, I started to answer all of the I started answering her question, (laughs) talking about justification, sanctification, her need to be saved from her sins. She didn't even know what sin was. It was all going over her head. Gave her all the philosophical reasons of why Christians want to tell other people about God. And I I think the Holy Spirit just came on me and just said, shut your mouth. (laughs) Let me, let, me, let me feed, feed you a little, a little hint here, a little thing here. And I just stood silent realizing she has no idea what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and I told her this. Hey, imagine this. Imagine we're brother and sister. And at birth, we were separated from our dad. Let's just say one day, I find our dad. And our, our dad, he loves us so much. In fact, not only does he love us, but he has an amazing inheritance waiting for us for his children. Now imagine me being your brother, and I met you, and I didn't tell you anything about finding our dad. How would you feel? Would that be fair? Would that be good? Would that be right? And she said, no, of course. I would like to know that. I said, this is exactly the reason why we tell people about the gospel she didn't become saved but <laughs> but i think she got the idea today we can experience the passover in a much greater way than the jews did in egypt we can experience a greater passover We are not only freed from Egypt, but we are freed from the shackles of sin and death. We can experience a greater Passover. And how is this possible? How is this possible? How can we experience the greater Passover that God gives us? Because of John 1, 29. When John the Baptist sees Christ, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Everyone who heard that, you know what they're thinking? They're all Jews, by the way. Everyone who heard that is thinking, Of that yearly meal that they eat, that Passover lamb that they eat every single year, being reminded of its power, being reminded of the blood that was put on the doorpost. Every single person that heard John proclaim when he saw Jesus that this is the lamb of God, in their minds, what they're thinking is that open door, that open door where they're waiting For Elijah to come to announce the Messiah has come. He is here and his name is Jesus. He is the Lamb of God who was worthy to open the scroll which no man could ever do before him. Which no man can accomplish the life of righteousness required to open the scrolls. He is the Lamb of God. And his name is Christ. Did you catch the price of what it takes to free an entire nation? Do you know the cost? The cost was this, the firstborn of Egypt. Oh, the cost is the same today. Do you know what it costs God to save his people? The firstborn of God. The cost is the same. And Israelites knew that. They knew the cost, what it takes to be freed. They should have been looking for the Son of God, the firstborn of God. God allowed final judgment to pass over those who would believe because he did not allow the final judgment to pass over the one person It had no business touching. The only reason why we can experience Passover is because it did not pass over Jesus. Jesus took on the full wrath of God on our behalf. There is no greater name. There is no greater name. There is no one more worthy of our praise and our worship Where every tongue will confess, every knee shall bow. The name of Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why we call today Good Friday, because we can experience true Passover, since Christ is a true Passover lamb. See? Still good, right? Let's pray. Father, you knew before time, you knew exactly your plan of redemption for your people. It was no secret. Through your covenant history, from the very beginning, you knew the way you were going to save your people and deliver them. And you told your chosen people, throughout history, through shadows and types, you let us all know how you will save us. The Passover, it's just one of the ways you show the people, your people, how one day you will come and you will send your only son to become the Passover lamb for us. I pray, oh God, that today when we hear this word, that we will come to believe it, that we will be nourished by it, that we would be even challenged and convicted by it. I pray for those who have yet come to believe you, that you would open the eyes of their heart to see that they need a Passover lamb, and he has come, and his name is Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.